0: Welcome back to The Limbo Project. I'm Karis Nannikin, your host, and we have a special episode for you today. Today, we're introducing a brand new topic of transition we named Taboo Topics. It's all about the topics people really don't talk about. And I'm excited to introduce to you our first author for the series, Ariel Gibb. I've known Ariel since my freshman year of college, and today she talks about her transition out of sexual sin into sexual purity and I'm so grateful for Ariel because like we said not many people are open to talking about this issue but it's so prevalent and under talked about in today's culture and I'm keen for this series to break the barrier of topics being taboo. I hope you lean in and glean in from this episode for yourself or someone that you may know struggling with this issue in hopes to transition you into freedom. Enjoy!
1: My Transition from Sexual Sin to Sexual Purity by Ariel Gibb. I am completely honored to be writing to you today about something that I am so passionate about despite it being such a taboo topic, sexual sin. I'm about to let you in on one of the most vulnerable parts of my life and I have zero regrets. I recognize that we all struggle with sexual sin in one way or another. Whether that be actions or temptations to lust, pornography, fornication, homosexuality, adultery, the list goes on. So if this brings any encouragement to simply one of you, then my purpose would be fulfilled. This is part of my story. Let's begin. I feel hard and fast for a guy. He was a very godly man, and we shared what the Lord was teaching us as often as we'd shared jokes. He'd made it clear from the get-go that he desired our relationship to glorify and honor our God, and I wholeheartedly agreed. But we learned quickly how easy it was to talk the talk and let our convictions slip without us even noticing. Innocent displays of affection, unchecked, led us to crossing boundaries we never imagined coming face-to-face with. We'd often cry afterwards, filled with conviction and regret for what we had done. We prayed and begged God that He would take away this desire and stop us. Yet this continued for months until we had fully quenched the Holy Spirit. Yes, we no longer felt His conviction over what we were doing, and we found ourselves emotionally, spiritually, and mentally drained. Eventually, we began to see our relationship as a means to fulfill our sexual satisfaction instead of fighting for each other's purity, encouraging each other, and seeking the Holy Spirit's wisdom in changing the way we approached our relationship. It wasn't until one day this same courageous guy looked me in the eyes and told me that we had left God. Our growth in him had come to a screeching halt since beginning our relationship together. It was like the veil in front of my eyes had been lifted. It was true. And even though we mutually agreed to end the relationship, deep down inside, I was furious and I missed sexual intimacy. It's like telling a little kid he can't touch the hot stove and slapping his wrist when he goes to touch it. He screams, he cries, he fights, and he hates you for a little while until time progresses and he realizes, mom, dad, sister, brother was right. That was dangerous. Song of Solomon reiterates over and over again, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. In an odd way, I associate that verse with a powerful statement by Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto after Japan had launched its Pearl Harbor attack on the US. I fear all we have done is awaken a sleeping giant and fill him with terrible resolve. My dear friends, with the utmost seriousness I say this, to awaken love before it pleases is to awaken a sleeping giant who cannot be put back in its cage. To this day, I still reap the consequences of those decisions we made to gratify our flesh in those dark secret moments. And as seemingly harmless as it was in the moment, it produced profound effects on the woman I am today. I struggle with temptations and sins I'd never previously struggled with and a one-second movie scene or lyric could trigger a bout of thoughts in my mind that I wish I could turn off. The gravity of sexual sin and its power is beyond what a human man or woman can measure, and to dapple in it is to play with a full-blown fire. To assume that one's sexual desires can be controlled simply by one's own might and intention It's to dive into the den and feed oneself to the hungry lions. In our own strength, we are not more powerful than sin. And in our own strength, we never will be. In my efforts to rescue myself, I found myself decaying and becoming more and more of a slave to sexual sin. That's because the sick were never intended to treat or heal themselves. Only a physician can do that. But in my darkest seasons, amidst wrestling with God and understanding what exactly happened in that relationship, I found nothing but His forgiveness, a fresh start because of His grace, His desire to redeem the mess that I created, and the tone of voice you'd imagine when one says, I'm so glad you're home. Or might I say, home. And in that same dark season, I was reminded that sex does not equal love. I live to tell the story of how awakening love before its time has affected my life. And it is beautifully raveled and tangled with God's forgiveness of me and my sin and his redemption of my broken life. Today, one of my biggest dreams in life is to be in a ministry designed to encourage and help others find freedom from sexual sin. For those of you reading this with tears in your eyes and heaviness in your hearts, despite what it may feel like, being a slave to sex is not your final destiny, that if you are trapped, addicted, and a slave to it, there are exits of freedom for you, and God desires to free you and redeem you from it. However, only He is more powerful than sexual sin. Despite what your starving flesh and the enemy might say, remaining involved in sexual sin will harm you and bring destruction upon your life to a level that you never before imagined in ways you never comprehended before. Take it from me. My Transition from Sexual Sin to Sexual Purity Part 2 by Ariel Gibb Some will go about their lives in sexual sin and deny any damage in their lives. I've been in that position. But to those individuals, I lovingly ask one simple question, is the life of God in you blossoming? For those reading this who have made these mistakes and are drowning in regret and shame, I've been in that position too. I lovingly tell you, he sees all you have done and he says, I still want you. With zero hesitation. Because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice, God's arms are filled with forgiveness and redemption for you. And to that, I say thank you, Jesus, for satisfying that wrath that we deserved for our sin. It will not be an overnight transformation, but your sister in Christ writing this lives to say the very same thing written in 2 Timothy 4.17. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. I pray you will proudly get to proclaim the same thing and that he will get all the glory for it. I have committed myself and revowed to a second virginity, to abstain from my flesh and commit to being pure, regardless of whether or not the Lord should call me to marriage one day. It is his command for us to remain pure in all ways, single, dating, engaged, or married. I've learned that his command to enjoy sex within the confines of one man and one woman, married together for life, is worthy to be trusted. He specifically designs it to be so, and grave consequences stand for those who choose to disregard his command. Those who enjoy it within marriage will tell you the countless blessings it has brought for their marriage. And those who choose to run past God's warning will tell you the destruction it has brought outside the holy confines of marriage, me being one of them. If you made it to the bottom of this, One of the most life-changing gifts ever put before my eyes was the film, The Heart of Man. Please, if you've made it this far, hit the nail on the head and take one hour to watch this film. It depicts in storybook mode, the effects of sexual sin on the relationship between man and God, but how God, filled with compassion and love for his children, leaves the 99 sheep to seek and rescue the one man one woman struggling and crushed by sexual sin. In between the story are short but powerful testimonies of pastors, authors, wives, and husbands who have struggled with lust, fornication, homosexuality, adultery, pornography, and all the like. I cried so hard, I was borderline wailing, and I almost had to exit the theater. Yes, it is that good that beautiful, and that convicting. This is a testimony of the beauty he has made from a desolate land and ashes. Thanking God for his redemption. This is Ariel, signing off.